The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Everybody and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One here on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. I am Mike Heck. Thank you for checking out the program this week. And for the first time in quite a while, there was no UFC event this weekend to matchmake for. But we still, in our infinite wisdom, wanted to give you something on the program this week. And my friends, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the best friend, and the Prince of Positivity was like, you know what? Let's do this thing. Give me the damn ball. Let's give these listeners a show because they rule and they're the reason why this is the fastest growing MMA podcast on planet earth. And that's how we're going to do it. That's what we're going to do this week on the program is we say hello to my good friend, my best friend, Mr. Alex Kaylee. How are you, my friend? My best friend. I'm excited because listen, the the world does not revolve around the UFC. Uh, Certainly our show for the most part does, let's be honest. But I think, I think it's time. I think enough stuff has happened. I think, uh, it's been a, a busy enough week. I think there's been enough news. And uh, look, we're in the first week of April. We're we're now now entering the second quarter of 2021. I think we can we can kind of take an account of things. I think it's important to take an account of things in life. Uh, and I'd like to do that along with our with our listeners. Yes, and uh, I think that is a very fair statement. There is a a lot going on in the world, including Bellator MMA yes. was back in action for the first time in in, in 2021. Yes. Now, now, look, we're, uh, we're not going to tell people that we're going to start doing like full Bellator matchmaking shows. It's unlikely for that to happen. It, it, it is nice that they've kind of we did see the debut 
of the official Bellator uh, media generated rankings this week, which kind of which, you know, if we wanted to talk Bellator matchups, that does help us uh, kind of sort out, you know, who's who, where everyone's supposedly at, at least according again to the media voting. Uh, I, I do personally do not keep uh, Bellator rankings. Obviously, I keep track of it, but uh, I, I, I keep mostly just the UFC rankings. Um, so I don't know. At some point, I guess we're gonna, we can mix those up. But yes, yeah, so we had Bellator 255 on Friday. Very solid show, I thought. Very, very solid show. Entertaining show. Uh, I, I love the intro. I loved the uh, acknowledge, uh, you know, Showtime acknowledging, of course, the past with Strike Force. I thought that was great, and we, and we got some pretty good fights. Uh, and we also got the benefit of this card being free, free to watch uh, everywhere. I know it's geo locked in some parts of Europe, so I apologize to any of our uh, European listeners. Uh, hopefully, I know we have a lot of Aussie listeners. Hopefully, they uh, they're able to watch it. But yes, yeah, so you guys can find that MMAfighting.com. You can find the whole show. There's highlights, but there's also the entire show for free. So, uh, Mike, I don't know how, how much of uh, of Friday show you caught any initial thoughts on on what you saw uh, at least or at least any of the highlights you caught from uh, Bellator 255 I mean outside of the obvious um Usman Nurmagomedov is a super Ooh. prospect I Ooh. feel like each Nurmagomedov that we see their striking is better than the previous Nurmagomedov uh Usman looked good Mike Hamill is a dog and he was in there for the entire fight, but Usman is a, is a very good prospect, no doubt about that. We saw uh, Mandel Nalo with an absolutely ferocious oh. knockout. Magomed Magomedov awesome. is 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 super duper prospect on his way up. I have a feeling that guy, no doubt, that that guy's fighting for a Bellator title before this year is over, in my opinion. Uh, big win for Jason Jackson, can't help, but I, I feel like the judges got it right. It was a super close fight. Uh, mm-hmm. The judges did well there. Uh, Kana Watanabe, two of the judges got that one right, but one decided to to score for Alejandro Lara. But that was a good scrap nonetheless, especially the the early going. Lara was landing some big shots, but uh, Watanabe got better and better as the fight went on. That third round, I just felt I actually felt legitimately bad for Alejandro Lara. She was trying so hard to get up in reverse position, mm-hmm. and Watanabe was like the, the Kembe Matumbo of women's MMA. She's like, <laughs> uh, 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 not happening, but. Um, some really solid performances, no doubt about. It. The prelims are fun. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about the main event and how special that was. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was a fun card, fun fun returned uh, and debut in 2021 for Bellator MMA. Look, this is a matchmaking show, so I want to emphasize the matchmaking. I know people, and I think this is one of the silliest criticisms you can have in combat sports. Are like, I don't like when Bellator takes some of these, you know, supposedly big prospects. And puts them in there, like in what's obviously a squash match or someone they're supposed to be. I'm like, that's how you build up prospects, guys. This is how it's done. AJ McKee now is what 17 0, 18 0. There's a reason he's one of the most talked about featherweights outside of the UFC. It's because they built him up the right way. He spent his whole career with Bellator and they never rushed him. They never rushed him into matchups and they shouldn't. And, and uh, you mentioned Usman Nurmagomedov. Mike Hamill was the perfect opponent for Usman Nurmagomedov's debut. The perfect guy. Super tough is going to stand and strike with him, which is, again, like you said, Usman is a very good striker. Um, and Usman pieced him up. Usman got to show off his his striking skills, which are, which are, which are very highly vaunted. Uh, so that was a great matchmaking. I thought the Watanabe-Lara uh, fight, that was one of those fights, no matter who wins, uh, Bellator has something pushed towards a flyweight title shot. Uh, I liked, um, what else? Oh, we didn't mention Magomed Magomedov. Just uh, uh, looking absolutely incredible. So another another top guy uh, at bantamweight. May- maybe... Again, probably one of the biggest uh, prospects in bantamweight outside the UFC. Mandanala looked great. So yeah, look, people can say uh, uh, even Chris Gonzalez about him getting adding Roger Huerta to his resume. It's a nice name. I know Huerta, of course, is past his prime, but good name to have in your resume. So if we're just talking matchmaking, it was it, it was a great, great, uh, great thing for Bellator. A great night for them. And yeah, we'll talk about the main event. 
of course, this matchmaking was the product of this tournament, this ongoing featherweight Grand Prix. Uh, Mike, I don't know how you feel about it. I know some of the fans are like, oh, why do these Grand Prix take so long? Which, again, I, I don't necessarily agree with. But, uh, I mean, how do you think <laughs> things have worked out for Bellator with now Pitbull going to the final uh, to meet McKee? They couldn't have they couldn't have matched made better, right? No, this couldn't have gone any better. And no, and this is like no disrespect to Emmanuel Sanchez, but mm-hmm. their first fight, Sanchez versus Pitbull, was a very close fight. Like I thought, Pitbull won. There was no like robbery or anything like that. But Sanchez gave Patricio Pitbull everything he could handle. So we were curious, like, can he do that again, or can he get over that hump, or are we going to see the the Patricio Pitbull that a lot of people feel is the best 145 pounder, not just in Bellator, but on the on the planet. And good God Almighty! I mean, you, one one just doesn't do to Emmanuel Sanchez what Patricio Pitbull did to Emmanuel Sanchez. Like this is a special, special talent. This is a special, special fighter. He is the champ champ for a reason. He is, I believe, the number one pound for pound guy uh, in the Bellator rankings. I mean, he should be. If he's not, then it's a absolute travesty. But I mean, this guy just gets better and better. When you think you can doubt him, he actually comes through in, a, in an even bigger way. So this fight with A.J. McKee, especially with, with what A.J. McKee did in the semifinal against Darian Caldwell, that submission? Are you kidding me? Like, this is perfect. That face-off between those two guys was unbelievable. Like, it was so good just silently talking to each other, like, you know, verbally trying to assassinate each other without screaming. Like, it was just so cool. Like, I cannot wait for that fight. Like, of, of, of any fight we could see in 2021... I don't know if it's number one for me, but it's right up there, no doubt. Oh, we're going to be talking more about this matchup and where it where it sits, where it's going to sit in 2021. We assume, okay, and of course, that it'll happen in 2021. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about more of that later compared to some other matchups as well. But yes, I, if you're when you're making a Grand Prix like this, you cannot ask for a better outcome. You, I'm just looking, I'm just looking back at the original roster. So this was a 16 man Grand Prix. Uh, I thought it was very well put together. You had some, again, really good opening round matchups. I mean, you had uh, Pitbull fight Juan Archuleta in the first round. Juan Archuleta, of course, now the bantamweight champion. Uh, San, uh, Manuel Sanchez he, uh, t- fighting uh, Taiwan Speedy Claxon was a good one. There's just a lot of good. Uh, Pat Curran, Adam Boritz, of course, Curran, Curran a former champion, uh, Boritz uh, guy who's they've been pushing for a long time. Uh, Darren Caldwell, former bantamweight champion, was in there. At, but So they got all these intriguing matchups. But in the end, in the end, they got the matchup that they wanted and everyone wanted the most. It doesn't always work out this way. We know this. We can look at the Strikeforce uh, heavyweight Grand Prix back in the day, which made a star out of uh, Daniel Cormier. But uh, that certainly wasn't the original plan. Right. <laughs> it just, it just kind of ended up working out that way. But this is like you make this tournament. It's like a movie. You have these two guys in opposite sides and you hope they meet in the final and they get it. So really, really just super exciting stuff. And as you said, man, Pitbull. Sanchez never submitted before, never, and, and never, and still never tapped out. He can still say he's never tapped out. He he certainly went to sleep, uh, but he certainly never tapped out. So he was asleep. He was asleep for like thirty seconds. That was like, scary. scary stuff. That was scary. I thought the ref was going to do like the pro wrestling that lift the hand three times. Then he was so slow to check. Uh, so yeah, he could have been a little quicker there. Ref could have been a little quicker. I think it was. Oh, I don't want to say if I get the name wrong, but uh, yeah, could have been a little quicker. Yeah. We'll let, uh, we'll talk again more about Pippa McKee. Let's just take a quick glance. Uh, I have them in front of me, Mike, at the rankings were released this week. As you mentioned, Pitbull is number one pound for pound. Chris Cyborg on the women's pound for pound list, number one, of course. No surprises there. Uh, it's 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 interesting to look at these rankings because obviously Bellator does not have the as deep a roster as the UFC. So people might look at these rankings and frankly kind of see some of these names for the first time. Like 
they might not know who uh, what was what was the ones that really stood out to me. They might not be aware of like uh, Sydney, Sydney Outlaw, for example. Sydney Outlaw is the number five lightweight in uh, in Bellator, but he recently beat Adam Piccolotti, who's who if they had rankings in the past would have been high ranking, would have been excuse me, would have been ranked highly. So yeah, it's it, it's cool. It's it's I think the big one that got people talking was Michael Page <laughs> as the num- Mike. Well, well, that that's interesting reaction, Mike. An instant instant chuckle. Michael Venom Page ranks number one in the uh, as number one contender in the welterweight rankings. Eighteen and one record, you know, but of course, there's been questions about his strength of schedule. So, uh, Mike, I guess that's the first thing I'll ask you about. How did you feel about that uh, that welterweight? Uh, how they handled that welterweight situation? Michael Venom Page, number one contender. The fact that Yaroslav Amosov is not the number one ranked guy is is, <laughs> is absolutely insane. The guy is twenty five and zero, and he's beat like legit guys on the way yes. up, like super legit guys on the way up. This is you literally just spoke about how Bellator treats their prospects and like how they mold them and they did such a great job with Michael Page and they continue to do so like and and I know what they're trying to do like I feel like this is a combination of the media and Bellator and you know maybe the fighters themselves positioning Michael Page versus Douglas Lima in that rematch like making it more Saluable, I guess, if they book that now. Because I don't... Like, some people want to see it. I don't think Paige is is quite ready for that yet. I don't think he's ready for that fight. Because we've seen it before. I don't know if it goes much differently. In fact, I think Lima's gotten a lot better since then. And Paige, kind of the jury's out. And it's not all his fault. Because he's been set up with some of these matchups. Fighters that he was supposed to compete against. Pulled out at the last minute. So they had to, like, scramble and get for you guys. Like, Ross Houston's probably, like the most talented fighter outside of Lima that he's fought on the way up. If we're being honest, I think that's a pretty fair assessment on my part, but Yaroslav Amosov should be the number one guy. There's, there's no way. And if, if, if Amosov fought Michael Page next weekend, I would, I would bet if someone handed me $25,000 and said, put it on one of these guys, I would put it all without hesitation wow. before you finish the sentence on Amosov. Wow. Like, he'd be like a five to one favorite. He should be, he should be, he should be, but page. I don't know. I don't know why he's the number one. I mean, I kind of get it because I have a feeling they're going to try to push that rematch on us. But I think, I actually think Jason Jackson after his win deserves that fight with Michael page. I think that's sure. the fight to make. And that could be the number one contender bout. And you can give Amosov the freaking title shot. I don't know if he's booked or not, but he deserves the title shot more than Michael page, in my opinion. Uh, Jason Jackson looked great on Saturday after getting his eyeball raked against the in a freak kind of takedown defense accident. His eyeball raked against the cage fence, uh, and it was bothering him. And I think he poked in the other eye in the third round. So I don't know. That was that was wild. But yeah, that was. I mean, he looked great. I agree. I think I think him and uh, Michael Page would be great. Uh, and we do want to remind people, as as we said before, these are media generated rankings. So. Uh, it's 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 true. It does feel like if like they w- of course want to push a Page Lima rematch somewhere down the line, but again, it is media generated. So I don't know. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm going. I'm just looking down the the lists here. At middleweight number three, Austin Vanderford, Mister Mister Page Van Zant. Austin Vanderford is uh, number three at middleweight. He's ten and zero. You know, he's certainly got a respectable record. He's got some nice highlights. It's. But again, it just yeah, and, and look, this happens to the UFC too. You do, you do kind of see in some of these divisions the lack of depth. Uh, and for anyone checking out the ranks for themselves, if they're wondering where is like Vanessa Porto, where is Joel Romero, where is uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson, 
there is a clear one of the very first rules in the criteria is you have to have competed for Bellator at least once. So, you know, so these people are scheduled to fight, but uh, they, they're not in the rankings yet. Uh, Ryan Bader is ranked in two uh, two weight classes. As you can imagine, he is the heavyweight champion uh, and he is the number one contender at light heavyweight. So, yeah, we're just we're just kind of throwing out some, you know, our stray thoughts about these rankings, because uh, I, I think it's about time that Bellator made their own, you know, kind of because the UFC has had them for so long. But we, we, you know, we've discussed ad nauseum sort of what's the right way to do it. You know, media generated. Should, you have, should they have some other independent pi- panel? If so, who would those people even be? Can fighters do it? They have so many biases. Uh, do we just leave it again to an internal an, an internal Bellator, uh, uh, you know, um, panel? But then then that raises all kind of questions about, as we said, you know, trying to just manufacture matchups. So. Anyway, I would just implore people, if you're curious about the rankings, check them out yourselves. They're on, uh, of course, or you can just look up Google Bellator rankings and they'll pop up in this lovely PDF file, which hopefully um, just becomes a tab on their on their website at some point. Yeah, it's there. It's They, they have their own page now. Is there a tab? Is there a, a, a thing that I can just... Yeah, it's like, it's just like an article, but it has everything it? listed. Yeah, yeah, I see. But I, I want it. That article will eventually get bumped down. I want I want a thing. I want a, a dongle. <laughs> <at the top. laughs> like, 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 listen, like, I like, like tabs. Th- there's a couple on here that that are kind of puzzling. Like, and this is no, and I'm not saying that uh-oh, this isn't a talented fighter. Careful, Mike. Careful, a, Mike. Aviv Ghazali should not be a top ten fighter in in at 155 Ghazali. pounds. Aviv could be fighter. like he could be. He holds the, the the record for the fastest submission in Bellator history. Yeah, he's five and zero. Oh. He's five and zero. Oh. Like Georgie Georgie Karakanyan has forty two professional fights, uh-huh. and he's ranked behind Aviv Ghazali, who's five uh-huh. and zero, oh, and has probably fought guys experience wise, like combined probably aren't five and zero. Oh. It's. It, it, again, you know, there's probably some reasons. Like, there's some recency bias here. One hundred percent. This is media voted. This is media voted. Yes, you got to yes, vote yes. on, you know, what you've seen recently. So I, I, I don't. Again, I, like I said, I don't even keep my own rankings. So I'm not criticizing any of our peers, certainly for their votes, because I have no idea. Honestly, I have no idea what my list would even begin to look like outside of top fives. If you ask me to make top fives for each division, sure. Top tens. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Again, yeah. I'd, I'd probably do what they did. I'd, they'd probably take a look at the record, recent highlights. And, I, and I, I, you know, I, I don't know if I deviate that far. But, um, but yeah, let's, the inaugural you know, rankings are tough, especially with what we have oh, in place. Like, especially like until these until some of these fighters fight, they're not even OK to be nominated for any of these yes. spots. So, like, that's why you don't see Yoel or Anthony Rumble Johnson. But once they fight, like in, in all these other prospects that they've signed, like the Brett Johns of the world and stuff. Like then they can get entered into this mix and things will look a little bit better. So for those who like complained about it, this is why give it like six months, wait for these yeah. newcomers to fight, and then things will look a little more normal. And look, they have two 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 division champions. That doesn't make things easy either. So, <laughs> uh, all right now, but let's let's transition uh, away from Bellator. But while keeping in mind again, I want to talk more about the Pitbull McKee matchup. So again, matchup talk. I'm just gonna ask you, Mike, is Pitbull versus AJ McKee more I'll ask you, oh, is it more ha- highly anticipated in your eyes than Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega? And do you think it'll be kind of viewed as a more intriguing fight? Those are two very interesting questions. Yes. Because in my mind, I okay, want to... Yeah. In my mind, Pitbull versus McKee is more fascinating than Volkanovsky mm. versus Ortega. Mm-hmm. Just because we've been building up to this for almost two years now. Like, we had the the Grand Prix. We had all the different cool elements to the Grand Prix. You know, the, the the selection little ceremony they did, which is so awesome. 
and like everything just kind of built to this place. Like they did such a great job for like two years. I mean, of, of course, there's a pandemic, which has delayed this thing a lot more. But when you spend two years setting things up and hoping that it would get to this place, you can't help but get more excited as time goes on. Volkanovski versus Ortega, kind of tough because one, it was on the same card as Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou two for the heavyweight championship of the world. Yeah, it was like a good co-main event, but once you lost it, I just felt like all the sizzle went away for a while. Like people were like, ah, oh, now it's gone. And it's almost like, I'm not going to say they stopped caring about it, but it was just like, it just flew away. And Mike, now, <laughs> did you say, did you say tough? Did I hear the word? I think you said the word oh, tough in there. God. Mike, what if I, what if I told you, Mike, what if I told you, would this sweeten the pot? Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega coaching the revival of the Ultimate Fighter. How, does, how much does that sweeten the deal for you, buddy? It sweetens it zero. In <laughs> fact, it, it unsweetens it. It's like oh. it's like taking lemon juice and pouring it all over it. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like we're at first we're talking about Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal being these two folks. Then we're talking about like maybe Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. We're talking maybe Conor McGregor and Habib Nurmagomedov being the coaches of the Ultimate Fighter. And we end up with Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian and Brian Ortega as the coaches of the Ultimate Fighter. I'm a, listen, I'm not a huge tough guy. They need a they have to do a lot to like get me invested in this show. Outside of it being my job to get invested in this show. But Volkanovsky and Ortega are not gonna do it for me. If you're gonna do it to build up a title fight, because now we have to wait six months for this title fight to happen, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yep. I would rather them do Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling as the coaches. I will wait six months for that fight if I get to see those two coach against each other on the Ultimate Fighter because there's heat there. We yeah. could see them bicker back and forth. Like There's a legit rivalry there that I would love to watch play out on, on television on a weekly basis. There's like no there's like no heat between Volkanovski and Ortega. None. Like It'd just be... It'd just be like a good coaching battle. Like, who's the better coach heading into the title fight? Who will steal that little piece of momentum going into the title fight? It's just not great television. I'm sorry. And it's nothing against those guys. It's just like you need the coaches to to add that extra, like, heat, that element heading into the fight. And this one just doesn't do it for me. I, I hadn't even thought about the possibility of Sterling and Jan for the Ultimate Fighter. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would have been so much fun. And so much better. Fun. Oh, and Matt Sarah as part of Sterling's coaching staff. Oh my god! <laughs> or Frank even better, part of part of Jan's coaching staff. Can you imagine oh, that? <laughs> he booted it. him out of the corner. Stop it! They're they're all friends now. Everything's <laughs> fixed. Stop it. For anyone who has never seen Matt Sarah's work on the Olympic Fighter, he was amazing on the comeback season back in season four. He was he was a stand. He became he it really made him a star. I think that he he uh, he had never a level of stardom he'd never reached before. He was such an obvious like leader. And then later when he went to coach the show again against uh, Matt Hughes, both those seasons are so 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 fun to watch. Uh, and Matt Sarah is a huge part of that. So, I, I Mike, I get what you're saying. I'm I'm a huge Ultimate Fighter fan, but I have years that booking uh, fighters, especially championship fights, and making that six month delay is poison promotional poison i can't stand it and i think people will be surprised if you look they look back the last like 10 15 seasons of the Ultimate fighter gosh it's been a lot of seasons how many of these fights didn't even happen they just didn't they just fell through because when you book that far ahead like six months nine months ahead look a lot of stuff is going to happen probably that might derail the fight and it has happened multiple times so yes i would much prefer it, it can happen in two months span too one i understand but i would much rather they just try and book it as soon as possible like these kind of fights it's so silly and that they go as i've i've said this on other shows with some sort of just go with coaches and don't worry about them fighting at the end like i said i would love to have 
Matt Serra as a coach, like a, you bring him in as a coach. I would love to have Chael Sonnen bring him in as a coach. Bring me entertaining personalities. I don't care about the fight. It, that sometimes the fight doesn't happen, and it doesn't need the hype of the only fighter, and it just delays great fights like Volkanovski or Ortega. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you personally. That Pitbull McKee matchup is so intriguing, and I hope people give it the respect it deserves. I, ho- I hope I hope I know Bellator is going to push the hell out of it, uh, and I hope people tune in. I, I hope because there, there's just so often that stigma of, oh well, it's Bellator. It's not as good as the UFC. This this is this would be a huge huge fight in the UFC. I mean, this is uh, a fight night main event. This is a uh, a co-main event on a pay-per-view. It's so high level. There's so many storylines going into it. And as you said, even like a natural rivalry between the two, like they seem respectful, but how can there not be a rivalry based on everything that Pitbull has accomplished and everything that McKee is like coming to take? They've been essentially on a collision course for the last like three years. I mean, this this is this has been building whether they realize it or not. So I think it's awesome in that sense. But do you feel like, Mike, that people are going to are are going to understand like why there's so much buzz around it and why we we're saying that it's 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 the bigger we think it's the bigger featherweight title fight yeah i think more and more people are getting bought in at this point i think people needed something to watch this weekend they watched bellator especially and i thought they were smart about it putting it on their youtube channel you know putting it on their app making it easy to manage so like people didn't have to go and buy showtime and get that monthly subscription, people got to watch it. And at one point, I remember watching it on, I was watching it on YouTube myself. There was like, you know, 30,000 people watching it at one time. And this is outside of the people watching on Showtime, watching it on the app, watching it on the website, you know, different networks around the world. I think I think people see it. I think the, the, the visual of them two jawing back and forth at each other has gotten a lot of attention. I think it'll build and build and build, but it's up to Bellator to really push this fight. Get it on the books quick. Like, find a date. You know, let's have a date in mind. Yes. July, August, September. This fight is happening. By the time, like, by the time we get to Romero versus Rumble, that card where, where those two guys headline in the light heavyweight Grand Prix, we need to have a date set. They need to announce a date on that card because you know everyone's going to watch it. Coming up. August 24th, whatever it is, live from scenic, beautiful Uncasville, Connecticut. <laughs> yes. It's happening. The, fin- the finale of this Grand Prix we've been pushing for so long. AJ McKee challenges Patricio Pitbull for not just the Bellator title, but for the, for, the, for, for the title of best fighter in Bellator, pound for pound. Sell the crap out of that thing, but have a date quickly. We cannot, ex- we cannot delay this for, for that long. By that, by by we by the time we get to May fifth, sixth, whenever that Romero Rumble card happens, we need to have a date ready to go. And look, depending who you ask, maybe the best featherweight in the world. All right, look, I I I'm, for, I'm not here for the Volkanovski slander. I'm a huge Volkanovski supporter. I <laughs> I think he's the best one for. I think he's the best 145er in the world. But there's a lot of people who feel like he lost that Max Holloway fight. It was a super close fight. Uh, I I don't begrudge anyone who thinks Max Holloway won that fight. If I'm being honest, um, so so it's funny if Pitbull beats McKee. And cements himself again as the number one uh, featherweight in Bellator. He might be, and then and then Michael Chandler beats uh, Charles Oliveira. <laughs> Patricio Pitbull might go around saying, "Guess what? I'm the I'm the best featherweight in the world. I'm the best lightweight in the world." And I, I mean, I don't think anyone would necessarily buy that, but it would certainly be a horn that that he could too. And and I think it'd be a fun narrative to uh, to pursue. Uh, he and, and let me let me tell you something. He's up there. I, I would put him up there with with anybody. Uh, in either of those weight classes, obviously, I think lightweight's a little bit tougher. Just I think once you get to get near the top, the size matters. But featherweight, I, I don't know why you can't argue that he's the best featherweight in the world. He's 
he's as accomplished as anyone. Uh, and again, depending how you feel of Volkanovsky, you might already think he is. I don't know. Um, I'm curious to see what happens with Patricio Pitbull if he wins this fight. Like, mm-hmm. if he goes out there and just thrashes AJ McKee and stops yeah. him in the first round like he does to everybody else, what is what, like, what next? Like, what else could this guy prove? Because what's fat, the, the thing that makes this fight so fascinating is that most people look at AJ McKee as like the guy that can beat this man. Like, AJ McKee can do it. And if AJ can't do it, who can? You know what I mean? Like, inside Bellator, who can beat this guy? So I'm curious to see what happens if Pitbull does to AJ. I'm not comparing Pitbull, Patricia Pitbull to Habib Nurmagomedov, but I'm starting to get those feelings. Like, we have to search and find and dig for ways that Patricio Pitbull can lose. Like, but, like, even with the Emmanuel Sanchez fight, like, oh, it was a close fight the last time, but it wasn't, like, as close as people kind of advertise it being. Like, Patricia Pitbull clearly won. But we have to, like, find ways that this man could possibly lose fights. We did the same with Habib. I'm not comparing the two guys. No, we can't. But I feel like, at least for Bellator's purposes, this is as close as it gets, right? I'm looking now... At the first of all, you just got me thinking about a Pitbull uh, Habib matchup, which again, I think obviously, I think most of us think Habib would win handily, but it would be fun to see either way. Uh, I'm looking at the rankings now, and so the problem is obviously featherweight's kind of cleared out, not not necessarily by him, but by the tournament. You know, it kind of made this logical succession of of, of challenges sort of sorted out by on its own. Uh, the only guy, the, the 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 lowest ranked guy that wasn't in it is sorry, the highest ranked guy, excuse me, that wasn't in it is Pico. And unless Pico go, rattles off like three straight knockouts in the next like six months, I don't think there's any interest in seeing him fight Pitbull uh, at this point in his career. Uh, not yet. Someday, someday. But again, that's assuming Pitbull is still around uh, in Bellator or even competing. So there's some intrigue there, but that's it. Otherwise, again, ahead of him is Daniel uh, Weichel, Pedro Carvalho, who, who uh, Pitbull fought already, uh, Adam Boritz, again, who has to build his way back. So guys who are in the tournament. So, uh, And at lightweight, Brent Primus, number one contender? There's zero heat. In a pitbull premise, with respect to Brent premise, there's zero heat in that. Patricky, obviously, is his brother, is not going to fight him. And then Goiti Yamauchi, Benson Henderson, Sydney Outlaw. I'm just going by the rankings here. It's just not, yeah, it's, it's just not a lot of compelling matchups or anyone that I think could, could believably beat him right now. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good problem for Bellator to have, I think, but it is a problem. But, uh, you know, we'll, we, we won't know. We won't know until. Uh, this fight is booked and resolved, which hopefully right. soon, soon, sometime this year. Uh, but yeah, so th- that's a lot of Bellator talk, Mike. That's a lot yes. of Bellator talk. And I'm glad we did. I'm glad we did. It's well-deserved. It's a great show. Uh, and I do I do think we should, of course, talk about the matches that are made in other promotions every now and then, not just the UFC. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's do a little check the tapes this week. Let's do a little check the tapes slash slash reader section. I think we kind of merge it this week. Obviously, we don't have our usual reader submissions. Uh, Mike, go ahead. You go first. You said you said you got some comments. You did get some comments from readers from uh, listeners this week. Um, let me let me let me uh, let me go through and see what we have here. Um, some late suggestions uh, from last week. Uh, some folks want to see Tyron Woodley versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Yeah. Kind of give him a, uh, you know, give give Tyron one last shot and see what sure. happens. I, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, what else do we see? Luke's call it of Diaz is a throwaway. Uh, O'Malley rematch versus Cheeto. You know, it, it was a throwaway as it turned out. <laughs> it was Alonzo Metafield versus Tyson <laughs> right. Pedro. Um, and there's like one other one. There, there's a couple of things that I have to like look into. Sean Brady versus Tyron Woodley. Um. And then there's one other one that I, I have to do a little more research on. And then there's one that I'm going to reveal later because it's something that's oh, been on okay, my mind okay. as well. An excellent tease, my best friend. An excellent tease. Yes. Uh, I do want to uh, shout out Boston Rich, who who I said had one of the well, – I thought was one of my favorite suggestions last week, who said that uh, why should, why should uh, John Jones get the uh, – get the uh, heavyweight uh, title shot against Francis Ngannou when Glover Teixeira is right there and Glover Teixeira has been active. And I mean, he didn't really explain it. I just, I just assumed that's what his thinking was. And then he, <laughs> he actually said uh, that was a mistake. He did not mean to suggest Glover Teixeira. He said, I'll just read this verbatim. Uh, this is from Boston Rich on Instagram. God, I feel so dumb. Maybe I was still hungover. Glover isn't <laughs> even in the same weight class. I'll make up for it uh, next on to the, on to the next. I'll make up for it on the next on to the next one thanks guys keep up the great work and i just said don't apologize that suggestion ruled so <laughs> austin rich uh, no apology and we also uh this happened a few weeks ago we didn't want to i, I want to mention a previous show and just keep forgetting that we had it i got a new follower on instagram <laughs> and mike I already told you about this i got a new follower whose name 
as literally is is his his username is uh literally just for Otno for OTTNO <laughs> onto the next one. So someone he has not messaged me, he or she has not messaged me with matchmaking suggestions yet, but I hope they do. Uh, literally just for Otno, if you are listening, please, we, we want to hear from you because that is the greatest uh, username we've seen. So I, I hope that really was made just to message us for matchmaking suggestions. So that's Amazing. exciting. Amazing. Yes. Uh, our readers and you, Mike, did a good job suggesting uh, Benil Dariush versus Tony Ferguson, which is now uh, ter- uh, scheduled. UFC 262, May 15th. Very logical matchup. Great matchup for both guys. Uh, so credit to you and, and, the, and uh, the I keep saying readers. One day I'll stop. Mike. Uh, well, credit to you and the listeners on that one. That was on point. And uh, no one predicted, as you said, the, the throwaway call out from Vicente Luque. No one predicted Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards. Uh, also for UFC 262. Our first five round uh, fight that is not a main event and not a title fight. Mike, what happened here? How did this how did this matchup get made? <laughs> no idea, but Merry Christmas, Leon Edwards. I mean, this is this is as good as it gets. This is as good as it gets for Leon Edwards. Not having to fight, like if you're not going to get the Masvidal fight, which you knew weren't going, he wasn't going to get. If he wasn't going to get a title fight, this is the best case scenario, right? Like this is one of those things that this is a number one contender fight without actually having to face the number one ranked guy in the division. If Diaz wins, he's fighting the winner of Usman versus Masvidal. No doubt about it. And if Leon what? Edwards, and if I'm sorry, that's just the way that what? it is. And if Leon Edwards beats Nate Diaz, this is the classic like we either get the star over or we give the guy who needs the rub the rub, kind of a fight. You know what I mean? This is what it is. This is exactly what it is. It came out of left field, and it's actually pretty interesting. And the stakes are very high in this fight. Very high. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It came out of nowhere, but it is intriguing. You're right. I think there's an, I think there's a good clash of personalities there. I think there's going to be a decent build on that front. I'm not looking forward to the trash talk. I don't think that like the trash talk itself would be very good. But as far as, I mean, their personalities and quotes they might provide, it could, could be useful. I have Nate Diaz in my rankings at, at welterweight rankings at 12th. I don't know why, and that's including the champions. So so 11, if you want to say, like number, number 11 ranked. I don't even know why I have him that high. Probably some residual... McGregor victory, Anthony Pettis, I guess was a was a good win. I, he's such a he's really beyond the rankings. Like rankings him is point kind of pointless, which is why you're right. I shouldn't be shocked by the Leon Edwards matchup. Like my like based on my rankings, I'm like, how does he get that fight? And I'm like, he doesn't really. I, the matchmakers don't really care what he's ranked at. I did not see this coming, Mike. Since since we started doing on to the next one, we've had Diaz's name thrown out a bunch of times. I think for like Wonder Boy. Uh, what else? Uh, Colby Covington, uh, Vicente Luque, Damian Maya. I think people have wanted have mentioned it. I don't think anyone's mentioned Leon Edwards, and Nate Diaz once. Uh, even last year when Leon was looking for a fight for, for all that time, no one said, "Well, why not just throw these two together if they're both you know looking for something to do?" And yet here we are. Yet here we are. We've arrived at uh, Diaz Edwards, which is highly anticipated now, and yet again before. Before this week, completely, completely off the radar. So if I'm wrong, if anyone, ch- ch- you know, check your own tapes and you suggested this, let me know because uh, you're a genius. That's I, I, know, I know. OK, so I, I, I will say this. I know and I don't know where I said this, but I know for a fact that I said this when Hamza Chemayev got knocked out of the Edwards fight in March. I said, if okay. I'm Leon, if I'm Leon Edwards, I'm I'm doing everything I can to call out Nate. I'm turning all my attention to this man. 
But then he didn't, and he ended up fighting Bilal, and I just forgot all about it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> when he didn't have yeah, an yeah. opponent, I'm like, I'm like, if I am Leon Edwards, you just take everything and you just you you just say, Nate, you're the guy I want. Everything, just every promo, everything, every tweet is about Nate Diaz. And then the fight didn't happen. He ends up fighting Bilal. It ends in the eye poke, and then it just was like, now what? Now what do we do? Like all the sizzle just went away, and now he gets Nate. It's just wild. Like it's so out of left field, but I love it. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's great. We get to see Nate back. I feel like Leon's going to win pretty easily, but you never know. You never know. Mike, I'm glad you mentioned the eye poke because that you're right. Not only did that set the stage for this bizarre matchup, uh, which we're getting, but also is indicative of the bizarre first quarter, bizarre and extremely eventful first quarter uh, that we've had for the UFC so far. So we're going to do a quick run. We don't need to go into, go into every storyline. But, I mean, both from – we had some exciting results. I mean, again, I think it was capped – this first quarter was capped off in wonderful fashion by Francis Ngannou's uh, absolute dismantling of Steve Miocic and his, his, his final, his long-awaited coronation uh, of becoming the heavyweight – the true heavyweight king. Um, but before that, we had – we didn't necessarily get a lot of uh, – we had some, some high-profile fights end in unsatisfactory ways, of course. You mentioned Edwards and uh, – Edwards and Muhammad, the eye poke. Uh, the Aljamain Sterling, Piotr Jan, which you've also mentioned, the the illegal knee. Uh, what what to you was the weirdest? Again, this was just stuff that happened in the cage. This, uh, you know, what to you was the weirdest MMA related story that happened uh, over the last three months, or most notable? I don't have to be weird. You know, what? most notable. It could be something positive. I keep bringing up all this weird stuff. Maybe this is most notable. I mean, it's. I would say <laughs> this is this is so ridiculous because we just had a guy lose a finger, by the way, not in the UFC. Yes. We just had a guy lose a finger. Okay, anyway, I, be, because I, I I hated everything about this, but it was probably <laughs> the most notable story so oh. far. Uh-huh. The decision 2.0 with Habib Nurmagomedov. Oh yes, like that has to be the most notable story, right? And it went literally <laughs> nowhere. Like it that went. This is the be- definition of wolf tickets. Mike, that shouldn't even have been a 2021 story. This was over in 20. <laughs> that was 2020. That, that was over in 2020, and yet. Somehow, some, let's say one person, one important person, did not accept that it was over in 2020. It went to like the end of February, right? Like end, like beginning of March. Like it just ended. It just stopped. Did you not enjoy the? I'm meeting Habib for dinner this weekend. Oh, uh, <laughs> again. We had a, oh well, we didn't really resolve anything. But in two weeks, we're gonna have dinner again in Las Vegas. I'll let you guys know. You didn't enjoy that? All those updates from Dana White? No. I hated everything about it, but it, and I fell for it every single time. We knew nothing was going to happen. We said it so many times, like Habib is not coming back this year. Like he's not. And then like he bought the promotion and I even went on our year end show and I was like, you know what? I got this feeling that like Dana will get him back for just one more against anybody, not for a bell, not for anything. Like he'll get him back for one more at the end of the year. I was wrong. It's not happening, but now we can, we, we can. We can move on. We have a title fight booked for May 15th between Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira. So at least we move forward. The story of Habib coming back comes to a close. The end. Take the bookmark out and throw it in the garbage. It's over. Yes. Let us hope that that is a first quarter story and is never brought up again for the rest of 2021. Because yes. we have a lot of – we'll talk about this a bit. We have a lot of stuff to look forward to. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give a shout out to, uh, again, what would have been, I think, the most memorable story – of uh, normally over a three month stretch, uh, Otman Azaitar briefly getting released for the the now we supposed bag of potatoes uh, in Abu Dhabi, breaking protocol, 
someone Dana White giving this strange recap where he says someone tried to scale a building or or not scale the building. Sorry, <laughs> go go like travel across like in between rooms at, at one of these you know massive uh, you know Abu Dhabi buildings structures. Again, I'm babbling here, guys, because the story was frankly never resolved in a satisfactory way. Um, Atman Azaitar was brought back. Again, we don't know the exact circumstance of that. Obviously, his management had, had spoke to the UFC and somehow it was sorted. And then later, they sort of just joked about, you know, during a press conference, they, they joked about, oh, it was a bag of potatoes. There's nothing serious. So what was in the bag? We still don't know. We still don't know. We'll go down as one of MMA's great mysteries. There's many. I'm going around. There's, I'm sure everyone wants to, wants to make a list of all the things in MMA we'll never get the answer to. Throw that one on there. That's a big one. But uh, yeah, again, we had new champions. New champion by dominant uh, win in Friends and New champion by disqualification in uh, Aljamain Sterling. I'm sure this stuff we're forgetting. Um, so guys, yeah, if you want to send in those your comments of what you thought was the uh, the most memorable, memorable, notable, weird moment of the first quarter so far, please uh, let us know. Of course, you can reach me at Alexander K K Lee on Instagram. Oh, sorry, on Twitter. Excuse me, Tuesdays on Twitter. Alexander K. Lee on Instagram. I might have it backwards. You guys, you have it backwards. It's not a call. I, no, I don't. Stop it. <laughs> Definitely I'm one K on Twitter. I hope so. Or at least I've been filling out things on our website wrong for a year plus. I I can look this up. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm one K on Twitter. Alexander K. K. Lee on Instagram. Alex. Lee at espionation.com for email. <laughs> Hit me up on any of those. Mike, how can they send their thoughts and comments to you? Twitter, Mike Heck underscore JR. Instagram, M underscore Heck JR. And, uh, yeah, keep those things coming because I'm excited. Uh, lastly, again, you guys, a little bit of a shorter show today. We do want to talk about matchups we can ex- sort of expect to see going forward now that we've had uh, some of these championship pictures cleared up uh, in the first uh, in the first quarter of 2021 and also kind of maybe a big a wild card fight that we're looking forward to. We'll see. Uh, but first of all, we also want to mention uh, Kevin Holland, by the way, was uh, will be fighting on Saturday. And uh, remember, people, this is why he's banned from the show. <laughs> Kevin Holland is banned. We said it. We said it last time. I, 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 I can't remember if we did out of courtesy make matching for him because it was a new year and we're like, you know, it's a new year. Maybe Kevin Holland will have a reasonable schedule. No, he is banned from here. I don't care what happens. I don't care if he... Actually, I was about to say, I don't care if he wins the main event, but I guess if he wins the main event, we have to match make for him. We'll see. We're My, probably still going to match make for him anyways. Uh, he's just going to fight again in like two weeks. What's the point? At 170. We cannot... We cannot predict this guy. Okay, all right. I'm sorry, uh, Mike. Let what what what, uh, what fights? What big fight do you see uh, happening this year? Obviously, I guess I should ask. Do you think <laughs> Jones and Gandhi will happen this year? What other big fights do you think uh, title fight do you think is happening this year? And uh, what is this wild card matchup that you've sort of been been teasing me with uh, going to this? Or where do you begin? Wherever you like. I mean, I, I would like to throw out some sort of out of left field fight, but we just got one between Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards. So I don't know what yeah. else I could say that can eclipse that. But um, I am optimistic we get Ngano versus Jones. I hope we get it done. Um, but I think, honestly, and I know it's only April right now, but I think the clock's ticking. I think the clock's ticking on getting this thing done because Ngano wants to fight in July or August. So I would say they probably have like a week or two to get this thing done. Uh, otherwise, we're going to see Ngano versus Derek Lewis too, and I'm fine with that oh. fight as well. Derek so. Lewis is just waiting for the contract. He he's loving this drama. He's sitting back and just wait. And as soon as they send that contract, 
He's signing on the dotted line, so he is just waiting. Yeah, and they just booked yeah, yesterday as we record Ciro Gon versus Alexander Volkov yes. to headline the June 26th card. So that only leaves three guys at the top of this food chain right now. We got Lewis, Jones, and the champion, Francis Ngannou. So we'll see how that all plays out. Of course, Jan versus Sterling, that rematch needs to go down. I'm hoping June for that one. That's they're kind of looking at, but it's not done yet. Uh, I hope to be speaking with one Piotr Jan at some point this week and uh, maybe get an update on that. I was supposed to talk to him on Friday, but things happened, so we had to rebook it. But wild card fight. The wild card fight that I want to see is something that I've been thinking about for a few days now, and then I actually got a DM about it on Tuesday uh, from a gentleman on Instagram by the name of Stephen Haney Jr., who says, for on to the next one, with the featherweight title being rescheduled, who does Holloway fight? Max expressed interest recently in going back up, and somebody needs a fight. It's a very exciting fight. The winner could fight. The winner between Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler. Steven, I agree with you. My wild card selection. Moving forward, Max Holloway goes up to 155 to take on the former WSOF lightweight champion, former UFC interim lightweight champion, Justin, the highlight, Gaethje. What? Oh my goodness! That's it. Parental advisory warning on this podcast. That That's is... it. That's the one. Especially that now that crazy. we got the Ultimate Fighter for the featherweight title. Where? Who the that hell is, is Max going to fight? That is crazy. Well, That's I it. was about. I I thought you were reading my mind because I was actually not throwing a necessarily a matchup for Max, but someone that I think should be competing this year. But let's before I get to that, Max Holloway. Justin Gaethje. Good God almighty. Give it to me. Give it to me. The Max Holloway-Justin Poirier fight was so good, and people forget it because it was on the same card as... Not forget it, but definitely don't remember as much as they remember the um, Adesanya-Gaslam fight. This fight, I think, obviously should get either... Man, it's hard for me to say. For one thing, if it's not a fight night main event, because it is certainly pay-per-view worthy, now that they've started this precedent with Edwards and Diaz, five-round non-title fights... Uh, non-title, non-main events. That that has to be five rounds. Hundred percent. Where it is on a card has. If that fight is not five rounds, you are doing again pr- promotional malpractice. You are doing disservice to the to the, <laughs> to the game. You're doing disservice to the fans. Yes, this is why. Again, I know everyone's like, oh, why is Diaz Edwards being you know the first whatever the first uh, fight being set up like this? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Some fight has to be the first. And now that they've done it, we can go forward. Hopefully this. My only thing is hopefully this means greater compensation for the fighters. We always bring this sort of thing up. If they're being made to fight five rounds more often, they should get paid more, frankly. I don't think that's going to happen, but let's just hope that's, again, is at least in just being discussed by managers and, and the UFC. So, uh, But yeah, man, I hadn't even thought of that. My only thing I was going to say was, uh, when you mentioned Max, I was like, I was like Max should fight Zabit uh, Magomedshripov at some point. But uh, I just want to see Zabit back in action. It's, uh, he's just been gone for so long. And it's crazy because, again, he's a guy who I would think – I think is one of the top featherweights in the world. I think people have always viewed him as, if not a future champion, a surefire title contender. So, uh, yeah, I don't have any big matchup predictions for for the rest of the year. Just hoping we see him come back at some point. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure there's reasons. Uh, again, you know, of course, with COVID and everything, it's screwed up everyone's schedules and, and ability to take fight bookings. But we got to get the beat back in there. We got to get him back in the featherweight mix. Uh, that's it. That's my only my only thing going forward. Uh yeah, this would just yeah. be a fu- this would just be like a legacy fight for Max because his next fight at forty five, one thousand percent should be for the for the belt. Yes. So if he goes up to fifty five, he goes out there and has his fun scrap with Justin Gaethje. Unless he gets 
knocked out what? in five seconds, which, by the way, nobody knocks out Max Holloway. So I don't see that happening anytime. No way. Not even Justin Gaethje, I don't think, can knock out Max Holloway because of that shit of his. So I think Max would go the distance. Win or lose, he still can go back down to 45 and fight for the belt. So this would just be like a fun legacy fight against a guy that Holloway would consider a fun challenge. Gaethje needs a big fight. He's been kind of left out of this whole puzzle at 155. And if he beats... A guy like Max Holloway, then yeah, he could absolutely fight the winner for the lightweight title. In fact, even if Max Holloway wins, he could fight the winner between Oliveira and Chandler for the lightweight title. So why not? I think it makes sense for everybody wins here. Mike, I love the way you think. Uh, Max Holloway has nothing to do, so what should he do? Go up and fight Justin friggin' Gaethje in a fight that could take years off of his life. What a fun thing to do. Fun for us, certainly. Could take years off of Gaethje's life, too. Um, I mean, definitely both of them. Could take years of our lives watching, <laughs> if we're being honest. <laughs> that's that's going to be a rough one to watch. I can't wait. Uh, that's crazy. Well, that's it. That's it. That's it, Mike. No, I'm stopping there. I'm stopping there. Uh, I'm glad we did the show. I'm glad we did the show, even though yes. there was no UFC card. Uh, this was this was super fun. Yeah, hopefully, again, guys, next time, I don't know when the next time, well, we won't have a show. Uh, are we are we hitting another patch of, of uh, consecutive UFC weeks, like another two-month patch? No, right? I think we're what May th- April thirty first. There's no card, right? Oh, thirtieth past. Oh well, I can't. May yes, is correct. May first. Oh, no. Is there a card May first? There is a card May first. Oh no. Okay, okay so, so we're on a big stretch. Oh well, okay. So guys, we won't have to worry about alternative programming for a while. <laughs> I'm seeing, <laughs> yeah, from the tenth to, oh okay, no, no, last week of May. Okay, so yeah, two two months, two months, uh, or seven. Sorry, say seven weeks. So last next time we'll we'll do some of this. It'll probably be, if we do it at all, we'll be the last. Uh, week of May, but this week there'll be a pl- you know plenty of stuff to watch too. We got uh, on TNT one. Yep. So Demetrius Johnson and Adriana Marais about I think a lot of people looking forward to for a long time. So that'll be on Wednesday, guys, and you can watch that again. It'll be tape delayed, but you can watch that in prime time uh, in North America for once. So that's a good that's a good thing. That one. Uh, Eddie Alvarez will be in action. That one's it's not tape delayed. delayed. No, that one's it's not, okay. That one's live. That one that will be one's live. Live. Okay, that one will be live. And then uh, we also have Bellator continuing to roll, uh, starting and beginning the light heavyweight Grand Prix on Friday. Ryan Bader, uh, Lyoto Machida, and uh, the Bellator debut of Vanessa Porto. She's going to fight Liz Carmouche. So, uh, yeah, a lot a lot of fun stuff to watch. Julia Budd, former champion, back in action. Guys, you got stuff to watch this week. And then we have the UFC, of course, the UFC Fight Night on uh, UFC on ABC2, excuse me. On Saturday, headlined by Marvin Vittori and Kevin Holland. Any other big matchups you're looking forward to from that card, uh, Mike? Um, I'm just excited for it. We're going to be talking all about yeah, it this week, no doubt about that. So uh, make sure you join us next week. We'll be back to matchmaking. We'll discuss the fallout of UFC Vegas 23 or UFC on ABC 2, whatever you want to call it. Marvin Vittori versus Kevin Holland, the main event for that one at 185 pounds. And then the following week, UFC Vegas 24, again, main event 185 pounds, Robert Whitaker versus Kevin Gaslam, and then it's on the Jacksonville, Florida, three title fights, UFC 261. We're going to have a lot of great content, a lot of great programming. On to the next one's going to be fire for the next several weeks. So for AK, I am Mike Keck. Remember, don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. We will have lots more fun right here next week. On, on to the next one. The podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook 
an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.